Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit post-game show as, uh, once again, I am practicing unlicensed therapy for a bunch of Lions fans here, live on twitch.tv slash prideofdetroit with our immediate post-game reactions from Lions-Cowboys in what looked to be a fairly competitive game early on, very low scoring, but the Lions defense actually stepping up, turning up, and some good performances out of certain players there, but all for naught as the wheels fall off the offense in a massive way that has really cast a shadow over quarterback Jared Goff, but most importantly, just once again, coming out of the bye, looking incredibly flat against the Dallas Cowboys. And look, the Dallas Cowboys are a very good team, but you were catching them at a really good moment. You were catching Dak Prescott a little bit rusty coming back, and you had them well in the first half. You were leading in the first half, 6-3. It wasn't much, but the Lions had plenty of chances. And the defense played well. To give them credit, the defense actually put in a decent performance, especially from Jeff Okuda, who continues to be show that he has come back from that Achilles no problem and is playing like a, a top cornerback for the Detroit Lions. Also got to give credit to, Je- to Joseph Kirby who played out of his mind here for such a young career. And we got our first look at Josh Pascal, and he looks good out there, especially with him playing alongside Aiden Hutchinson as well, who Aiden Hutchinson finally shaking off his bugaboos and getting and getting in there and making some damage felt. So a lot of good, good performances from young players, key players Alliance hope for from their defense, key contributors for their defense at defensive end and in the secondary. But that's not what's going to be focused on. What's going to be focused on is the fact that this team completely fell apart in the second half. Completely fell apart in the second half in a incredibly, I don't want to call it embarrassing because we've seen embarrassing so far this season. Falling apart and losing 24-6. to Falling apart the way they did at the end of this, this thing it seems par for the course right now for the Detroit Lions. It's not as embarrassing as, you know, giving up 48 points to the Seattle Seahawks. It's not as embarrassing as getting blanked by the New England Patriots. But I, I think there is some embarrassment to be had when your second-half drive results are, and I quote, interception, punt, fumble, interception, fumble, fumble, end of game. That end of game didn't even come for the Detroit Lions. The uh, Cowboys got to kneel it down. So what happened? What 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 happened here? And the only answers I can really come up with is that this lot, this thing we told ourselves, where things will be very good for the offense if all the pieces are in place, that may still be true. 
But if the offense is going to look like this when there's just a few key injuries, when Amon Ross St. Brown has to leave the game in concussion protocol and you're down a couple line and you're down a lineman or two and, you know, you're down DJ Shark and DeAndre Swift. If that's what the offense is going to look like, then you're not a resilient offense. You're not a resilient offense at all. The ground game, I didn't think for a while missed DeAndre Swift to the point it missed DeAndre Swift. Let me let me correct myself. They missed DeAndre Swift, but what it but it was able to still move the ball on the ground. Jamal Williams was still able to move the ball on the ground. Unfortunately for Jamal Williams, for a for a man who's had a very sure-handed career, he also happened to lose the football a few times in this game. Very new for his career. You usually don't see him missing uh, putting the ball on the ground, including one on the goal line that absolutely gave away a great chance for the Lions, I think at that point, to take the lead in, in the third quarter. And they just completely let it go. But a lot of it falls upon Jared Goff. Now, in the past, I've been criticized by several fans by talking about Jared Goff, critiquing his play, even in games where Jared Goff was clearly not problem number one, especially where the defense was concerned. But I want people to go out there and watch how Jared Goff led this offense in the second half. And I want you to try to explain to me how that isn't a liability. And there might be good games out of Jared Goff again. I'm not saying this is who Jared Goff really is. But the possibility of games for Jared Goff to repeatedly throw the ball away or get strip sack fumbled, get a strip sack fumble, those possibilities, those kind of games are going to flare up whether you like it or not. It's part of who he is. It's why he's inconsistent. And today, the Lions got totally taken out of the game by what was going on with Jared Goff in the second half. And 228 yards does not fix that. You threw deep balls when you knew uh, Diggs was out there, ready to pick, pick them off. Erratic, uh, just deep balls that were very easy to be picked off. You knew Micah Parsons was coming, and I credit the offensive line for handling guys like Micah Parsons for a good while there, but at some point, they were going to get through, and you didn't handle the sacks very well. Ultimately, your, if, if the, the, the value proposition on Jared Goff has always been that when he's playing well, he's not going to be a guy who's going to lose the game for you, that he's going to, he's going to at the very least, keep the ball safe. That wasn't true today. That wasn't true at all. And I think for a lot of Lions fans, they've had it at this point. And I've seen a lot of talk from people as they have moved on to the draft and are now eyeballing directly one of the top quarterbacks in this draft. That's where people are going, because there was a moment in the season where people thought maybe the defense is bad enough. We should probably target someone like Will Anderson or a top defensive player in this draft. That's all out the window again as the winds change. And now Jared Goff, Jared Goff's job is, at least in the eyes of the fans and the media, in dire straits. I don't know if that's what the case it is for the Lions themselves, but I don't know how you can't watch this game if you're someone like Brad Holmes and you can still defend the play out there. Now, obviously, there's like, what, 11 more games to go. Could still be something, but from week to week, Jared Goff has not really looked the part of a quarterback that can rise above these moments. He had this moment. He fell into the deep. And I hate to keep coming back to him, man, but that's the price of being a quarterback in the NFL. You're, you're the most important player on offense. The everything runs through you. And you can't have a half where you are putting the ball on the ground 
You can't have a half with two interceptions, especially in a low-scoring affair where the Detroit lot, where your defense has been giving you just a, a, a stout performance that they usually don't give you. They're the ones doing you favors today, and you didn't return those favors. It's not that I, I, I want to be clear. This is not personal for Jared Goff. I think he tries very hard. But I think the Lions can need to understand that their future is in the balance, and they probably need to do better than just sitting here with Jared Goff. You don't want to be stuck in the no-man's land. Maybe. Who knows? I could be doing a completely different postgame next week. Maybe Jared Goff gets Amon Ross St. Brown back. It does hurt him a lot that he loses someone like St. Brown early in the game on, on a very unfortunate. That is your new concussion protocols working, and it's working correctly. And I hope, we can only hope that Amon Ross St. Brown does not come back with a full-blown concussion, that it was just, you know, getting a little shaken up there. But he did sh so show a sign by stumbling. And that put him into the protocol, and he went back to the locker in this game. Now, the other part of this game that I feel I need to address, because once again, it's going to come up with the fans, is officiating. Officiating, and by extension of that, some decision-making from Dan Campbell on challenging certain plays. First off, uh, first off on, the, on where the ball was, from what I understand, there... John Whitaker did a better job than I did of, of charting where what happens on a on 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 the so let, let's let's rewind and set the stage here. The Lions get the ball right on a to Brock Wright, and it looks like a touchdown at first, but they signal him short. Video the video replay it was in good review, but it looks like it it looked close. I don't think it it was a touchdown, and to be honest. Uh, there's nothing in the rule book. So it's a dead ball. The, the dead ball spot is not reviewable to determine solely whether it should be closer to or further of the goal line. So you can't, you can't review it because of where they spotted it. And I thought they spotted it back about a few yards more than they should have. But that was not something you could review and win for a touchdown there. And I understand that I think Lions fans are mad because the officiating crew kind of moved a little too quickly through that. There was also, I believe, a, uh, a catch or an interception, I forget which right now, that was kind of close to the ground but not reviewed. But I don't really know what to say about that. I had no problems with that whatsoever. The problem people seem to have on a lot of it that Dan Campbell should have challenged the spot, but I'm really not sure what he could have done in that situation. And you know what? It's ultimately pointless when the next play you have Jamal Williams fumble the football. I don't really feel like you have a leg to stand on whining about either Dan Campbell or the rest when the very next play, the team itself could have gotten over that hump, could have gotten over all the complaints, and they did that to themselves. I, I, I just, I will not buy this. And I know I, I, I ride the tide against many Lions fans when it comes to talking about the officiating crew. Let's be clear. I didn't think the officiating crew was, was great today. I thought there were some weak calls on both sides. But there was about an even number of penalties called. And the, 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 the problem seemed more to be on stuff that wasn't reviewed or reviewable. But Lions fans really wanted it to be looked at more. I don't really have an answer on that. But I also know the Lions didn't lose the game because of officials. 
It's a it's a cop out answer. You should rise above it. I'm sorry. I do, I I am very tired. Every week it seems there is something to do with the officials, and I just I have just out of principle just rejected all of it because I'm tired of it. I I you, you I feel like fans have cried wolf too many times, and it's really hard for me to sit here watching this team, seeing the ways that they lose games, and I have yet to see one case one case where the officials are the primary reason why the Lions lose, or even the secondary or tertiary reason. These are self-inflicted wounds. Don't mistake them for a, for a conspiracy with the Bilderberg Group and Bohemian Grove instead. Grow up a little bit. That's all I'm going to say on that. I hate to sound like I'm being mean about it, but my God, man, as long as I've been in this fan base, it's been the same story over and over, and I'm just tired of it, man. I'm tired. I'm tired of the excuses. I'm tired of the of the of the Zapruder films. I'm tired of the Pepe Silva. I am begging fans to realize that bad officiating is going to happen and you need to get over it. When it's something like a ball batted out of the end of the zone, I understand. That's bad. That's really bad. That's not what happened here. And I need you to like separate those two here. There's a lot to be taken away from this game. We're going to take away more of it on the mainstream POD cast coming for your feeds here on Monday. I just want to, again, reiterate, there was some good coming out of this game, especially where it comes to the defense. Unfortunately, the Lions are very inconsistent game to game. So as much as I'd like to sit here and say, yeah, this looks really good for the defense, I have to throw up my hands a little bit and say, I don't know if I'm going to see that again next week with the Dolphins. I just, I don't. Like, this team seems to bring us a new a new entity every week. And it's really hard to track what exactly I'm going to get. Now we'll see. I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback for the Dolphins. Maybe the, maybe the next part of the schedule is a little bit easier for the Lions. I know their record coming out of the bye was usually pretty good, but the Dolphins were kind of the stout problem that just it was hard to deal with right out of the gate. For now, we're going to put a pin in it. Pride of Detroit POD cast coming your way later on Sunday and on Monday on your podcast feeds. You'll want to have that. We'll get thoughts not just from myself, but from Ryan and Jeremy, who are smarter than me. We'll have a lot more uh, in-depth analysis as we kind of look more at tape rather than me just kind of coming right here from the hip immediately after this game ends. But we want to get these thoughts out to you first. We'll correct it. We'll fix it up in post, etc., etc. Thank you, as always. You guys have been great supporting the POD cast, and we need your support because we're coming up on November. It's a big time for us. We are eyeballing charities right now. We'll have more information soon on that. And I know the Lions are in dire straits, but we beg you to stick with us because I know when you do, you give very generously for very good causes. And I, I hope that remains the same because this is one of the greatest fan bases in sports right now. And I love being part of it. And I love talking to, to you guys every week here on the Pride uh, for Pride Detroit, the POD cast, post game show, first bite, all of it. Thank you guys. We'll see you star side. Yeah.